Hello and welcome to another episode of the Let's Plan Your Wedding podcast. I'm your host, Danny C. with Danny Wedding Planning, and today we are talking about what I call print materials, the mailings you give your guests, save the dates and invitations, along with a wedding website. Welcome, let's dive in. If you are new here and you're bouncing around, I highly recommend revisiting some of the earlier episodes and doing this podcast in order from episode one all the way to today, episode nine, because today's episode signifies the end of the tasks needed before we move into phase two of wedding planning, what I call the vendor phase. And as a quick review, if you have been following along, you have learned about the big picture process of wedding planning, along with common wedding day schedules in episodes one and two along with brainstorming your key objectives and goals for your event. You determined a realistic budget using the formula venue plus rentals plus food and beverage times two equals your total budget, and you have typed out a guest list. Then you found and booked a venue. So you have a date, venue, budget, and guest list, the four key building blocks to your event. Then you did a bit of reflection on bridal parties and asked bridesmaids and groomsmen or else opted not to have a traditional bridal party and instead cast an alternative vision for your friends and family. Perhaps you have a wedding dress or plan to go shopping soon. And just in the last episode, we discovered which key items indicate more formal events to see what your event's dress code is. Your event is taking form with the aesthetic of your venue, your dress, your Bridesmaids and groomsmen, your key objectives, all of these details are going to help you understand what kind of aesthetic you want for your website and plan the mailings for your guests. Many couples who have an engagement window that's anywhere from seven months to a year plus opt to send both a save the date card to their guests as well as an invitation down the road. A save the date card can be mailed eight to 10 months out unless it requires international travel for your event, in which case you want to give your guests more like a year's notice. I've seen sites say that you do not need to pick a venue before you send out your save the dates. I do not recommend this. Send your save the dates after you have secured your venue. Also, if your engagement is less than five or six months, you may want to just send invitations. Or if your planning has fallen behind for whatever reason and now you're in the five-month out range, you can also just wait and do one mailing. There's an old school tradition of sending invitations to a wedding out six to 12 weeks before the wedding. I think that's insane. More and more, I see people send out invitations three to five months in advance. So I think six weeks is just, that's just not enough time for guests to get back to you and for you to build out your seating chart and give your final numbers to your caterers. So I just think... Definitely more like three to five months is a better marker for your invitation. So even if you want to look ahead right now and see where that lands you um, and maybe even make a note in your calendar to build and send out your invitations at that time. But the question I get a lot is when to complete and send guests the link to your website. I'll say the short answer for me is to build it out in order to send the link on the save the dates and the invitation or just on the invitation. So I've seen it work both ways. So in order to understand kind of which camp you're going to fall in, let's break down the function of the wedding website. And maybe that'll give you clarity on which of those features apply to you. And so how long it's going to take you to build that wedding website. And that might give you a little more clarity on when you're going to include that link. A wedding website usually has key details about the wedding day, including the ceremony, start time, and the location, 
as well as directions or any other notes about parking, shuttle schedule, or dress code. Even a note on like suggested attire. Maybe there's something on your website that says ceremony will take place on the lawn, stilettos discouraged, or um, anything to do with like a little hot tip on what to wear or what not to wear. Just for fun, wedding websites also usually include the couple's story and how they met and fell in love and have some photos of the relationship on the wedding website. They also have more information for out-of-town guests in relation to what is the best airport to fly into and what are some hotel options or places to stay nearby. A quick note on room blocks. There was a time when couples were expected to book rooms at a nearby hotel for their guests. Nowadays, there are so many options for home rentals and places to stay. So feel free to reach out to a local hotel if they have a complimentary room block option. That's great. It'll give your guests a slight discount when they book with the hotel. Um, And if that's free, then go for it. But if they're requiring you to put any money down or to give them any um, assurance of how many people are going to stay at the hotel, I would say just pass on that and feel free to list it on the website as an option. But you do not need to organize a room block for your guests. Okay, so getting back to what else is featured on the wedding website, if your weekend has more events beyond just the wedding day, information about those gatherings would also be on the website, like a welcome cocktail party or a late night after party, if it's open to everyone. But events that are for smaller groups of people, like a rehearsal dinner, should have a separate evite or invite sent to that group to avoid confusion. So don't list all those details on your wedding website, or else people are going to think that that applies to them. Many websites now feature an RSVP tracking program, which is great. So your guests can go right onto your website and say whether or not they're coming. In a lot of cases, it even helps them to determine what entree choice, if that's relevant, or give um, other information about allergies if you need that for your catering package. The website will also have your registry information. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And then the last feature of the wedding website, which is just for fun, is to reinforce your vision for the event with the vibe of the template that you choose. If your event is extremely formal, opt for a more formal template and seek to reinforce that vision of the event through its branding of the website. It's also a great place to answer questions in an FAQ section, which is optional, but it can add clarity for the details of the event by having like a frequently asked questions section on your website. And then above and beyond, but I have seen um, another tab that just has like fun things to do in your area. So that's an option you might want to include on your wedding website. So as far as the question of when to build and share your wedding website, let's talk through those two options I said, either on the save the date and the invitation or just on the invitation. If you're a couple who's eager to send out your save the dates, then don't wait to build out your wedding website to do so. You don't need to. Just put them on your invitations later. Your save the dates should just say your names, the date, the city and town your wedding is going to be in. You don't generally put the venue, but you can. Some couples can use a cute template with greenery or a design, while others, and I would say this is most common, use a photo of the couple, either from their proposal or from just a photo that they have that they like of themselves. Or if you already know that you want to work with a specific photographer and you have time before you need to send out your save the dates, I would reach out to them because what photographers generally do is they offer an engagement shoot as a part of a package. So if you end up booking that photographer for your wedding, then they waive the fee for the engagement shoot. And so it's perfect. It's a great way to test run a photographer, get some photos for your save the date and for your website down the road. Um, And also that will be included in the cost of the package. And if for whatever reason, it's not a good fit, you've still got some photos that hopefully you enjoy, but you decide to go a different direction. So it's a great test run. 
But if you're a couple who's totally ahead of the game, let's say you have a two-year engagement and you're just chomping at the bit, you want more things to do, your way, you've got your venue, you need more tasks, go for it. Build out your wedding website. This is a great use of your time. Build out all the features, get it all sorted, and then include that link on your save the date as well as your invitation. If you're gonna include your link on your save the date, you would still have your names, the date of the wedding, where it's taking place, and then you'd have the domain name down below. And you'd say something like, for more information, visit our website. For most couples, it doesn't make sense to wait to tell their guests to save the date. And so sending the save the date without the website is totally fine. I highly encourage you to play around with a few different companies' website builders at the end of this episode, just for fun. That's gonna be your homework. My top three wedding website recommendations, and this is in my own personal opinion, but it'd be the not minted, and Zola as my top three. The Knot started as a comprehensive planning site, and I think that means that that's still its main feature. It's by far the most comprehensive, helpful, robust website builder because it integrates so well with all of the other task lists and items of wedding planning. It also has a feature to allow guests to be invited to multiple events and manage all of those separate RSVPs. So I really like that, you know, say you get an invitation as a guest to the actual wedding, but then it's also prompting you that you're invited to the rehearsal dinner because you're in that smaller group that's invited to that. I think that's super helpful. I have heard that one downfall is that the registry tool, it allows you to add items from all the different stores, but it does bounce your guests off of your main registry site to like let's say you linked one thing from anthropology it's going to bounce you over to anthropology's website and that confuses some people but i have some advice on how to remedy that later with in-person stores so we'll talk about that number two is minted and i love minted because it started off as a same with artifact uprising a place to build invitations and kind of mailings for your guests so that's definitely a key feature and it has really great options for that i think minted is a great place if you're not happy with the not.com's templates for their invitations and their websites, you're going to find some more artistic, beautiful options on Minted. I especially recommend them if you're planning on using them for your save the dates and invitations anyways, because then you're going to load in all of the names and addresses from your guest list for RSVP tracking. It's also going to be able to pull that into kind of a mail merge feature and you could do recipient addressing really easily on your invitations, which is great. It also has great RSVP features. I think you can make different pages for different events, kind of same thing, and have people invited to different events throughout the weekend, which is great. And then one above and beyond thing for me, I used Minted and I went through all the trouble of putting in all the names and addresses. And then down the road, Christmas cards that were really easy to make through Minted.com because all of those addresses and names were already in the database. So if you know that you just love Minted and you want to use them for the years to come for your Christmas cards, that's great. Just know that they are pretty pricey, especially there are other options that are far less expensive, uh, like Shutterfly. So maybe you want to do them for your Christmas cards in the years to come. Maybe you want to do something less expensive. Zola is my last recommendation, and I actually used them in 2016 for my registry. And at the time, they were only an online registry tool. They were super early to the game of allowing multiple different sites to be linked in one place. I'm told you're no longer re- redirected and like bounced off of the main page, even if you link to a different company. So that's really nice for your guests. I would say that the downfall for me is that Zola's registry that they populate themselves, um, so they have their own registry of lots of different items, are pretty 
pricey. I think they're they're marked up a little bit more than they need to be. So if you use Zola, I would say, you know, you don't have to lean on their own personal registry that they've built out, but you can incorporate all the different um, items from all the different stores that you want onto the one site. And because they're really good at that, I think it's still definitely worthwhile. I think a couple who really wants an item from here, an item from there, you know, two items from REI and a couple from Anthropology. this is a really great option for them. And if you're going to go with them for your registry, then maybe you want to go ahead and use them for your website. And it's all in one place. Let's dive in for a second and talk about registry in case the registry feature is a main draw for deciding your website company. The old school way to register was to register in person. You had the fun laser tag gun, went around the store, and the attendant had a list of all the items on file that people could access in all the different locations of their store. So when you said, I'm registered at Target, or I'm registered at Bed Bath & Beyond, or Pottery Barn, people all over could go to their local Pottery Barn, ask the store attendant for your list, and find something there for you. And as these stores went online, so did their registries. But I think then what people wanted to be able to do is take a couple items from Pottery Barn, take a couple items from Bed Bath & Beyond. And so they created these sites that would allow you to have this master list of different items from all over and different stores. As a couple, you may want to have a few different places that you're registered. Although I wouldn't recommend going over maybe three different registries, you know, there's no rule saying that you can't register in lots of different places. You can, it just might make your life a little more confusing if you have a lot of different returns. So I recommend couples use maybe one of these online collaboration sites that allow you, allow you to build this master list if that's helpful to you. And then also have one in-person store or a store that allows for that in-person feature. It means that you have to really like that store if you're going to register there because you're going to have a lot of items from that store. So places like Crate and Barrel or William and Sonoma allow for a lot of, you know, especially kitchen items that can be really helpful to build out your kitchen at stores like that or Bed Bath & Beyond. You can still build the website online, although I will say like going in with a little laser gun is just so much fun. I would definitely recommend that if you can, but people will have the option to go into the store. And the reason why I think this is really helpful is for our intergenerational guests, our sweet grandmas and grandpas, they might want to go to an in-person store. They may get confused with this new fandangled master list program. I know that that's the case, especially when they're redirected off the site. They very rarely will follow the prompts to go back to the master list and tell the master list that they have purchased that item. So there's just a lot of room for error there. It's confusing. It's sometimes mailed to you, but they don't really understand that. And so you, they're going to reach out. Did you get it? But maybe you're waiting to open all your gifts until after the wedding. So I just think for our sweet intergenerational grandmas and grandpas, if you have a lot of those people coming to your wedding, go ahead and give them a place they can go in person. Target, Macy's, Pottery Barn, William and Sonoma. Those are the most common ones I see, Crate and Barrel. And also there are some really fun ones like Anthropology and REI. So don't forget to look into that because that's super fun. Um, If if you're an outdoorsy couple, um, look at REI. They've got a really great registry. One more note on registries. A lot of sites like Zola's have a feature I love where they recommend that you add a certain volume of items in certain price ranges based on the number of people that are coming to your event. So if you're having a large wedding, you're going to need a lot of items in that sweet spot range that people like to spend money in. I think the majority of your guests are willing to spend $30 to $60 on a nice gift that they know you're going to enjoy off of your registry. Or maybe they're happy to contribute $50 to your honeymoon fund. But what can be tricky is when your registry is either chock full of $12 spatulas or $80 dish towels. 
neither are substantial enough and not really in the right price range to merit a gift. So by all means, select the items that you want. Even if they're pricey, there are going to be people out there that, that are able to buy the pricier items, definitely have pricier items on your registry, but also be mindful to add a lot of those more sweet spot $30 to $60 items onto your registry, especially ones that are fun for your guests to get you. Now I have one controversial tip that was given to me by a bride that I did utilize, and you can either take it or leave it. I had a large wedding and my Zola meter said I needed more reasonably priced items. So I may have put in some filler items, things that I liked, but I knew that if I got a lot of them, I could return them all and exchange them for one large expensive gift that I really wanted. That's an option if you think that's a bit gauche and you're like, oh, Danielle, why didn't you just make it a group gift? Because that's a feature. If you've heard of that or if you've seen that, you can all chip in toward one big expensive thing. I'm not really a big fan of group gifts. I think it's a bit awkward to buy like a fifth of a Cuisinart, but you know, put one in there, one or two, that's okay. Otherwise, just be aware. Have a lot of those moderately priced items on your registry and keep checking in on it too. If you've gone through a couple bridal showers, you may need to refresh it with more things. Also know that you can go a non-traditional route with registries. I had a cousin ask for Home Depot gift cards since they were heading into a home renovation and I loved that. Or you could have a fund for your honeymoon or other upcoming trips. You can even prioritize charitable causes if you would like to. But know that people want to bless you. Don't be embarrassed for having a registry. They want to help you build your life together and they want to know what you need. This episode is so full of asides. I'm going to do like another aside. But as a guest, (laughs) I just want to tell you that etiquette dictates that you are only expected to give a couple one gift for their wedding season. So when I'm invited to a bridal shower, I purchase and bring a gift because going to a shower, you know, you definitely want to come with a gift in your hands and they open it usually at the shower, but then I don't buy an additional gift for their wedding. So the shower gift is the wedding gift. But if I don't attend a shower, obviously I go online, I buy a wedding gift from their registry and have it sent to the couple through the site. If you want to buy two gifts, by all means, if you feel it's tacky, my strategy of just doing the one gift, totally disregard. But I like to share that because it helped me out a lot as someone who goes to a lot of weddings. And also as a host, know that if someone gets you a shower gift, they may not give you an additional wedding gift. That might've been just your wedding gift given to you in person early. Also fewer and fewer people are bringing gifts physically to the wedding itself. Although you will want to have a table and cards that usually contain cash and for physical gifts to be placed on at the event. There should be a game plan for the protection and safekeeping of those items on that table. I have heard one horror story of of theft at a wedding, so ask your venue or create a game plan for yourself. Invitations explained. I remember building out an invitation with a couple and they asked, wait, this is all the same information from the save the date. Like, why do we do two of these things? And it can feel that way, although your save the date for many is even just an announcement that you've gotten engaged. And it's a heads up to block that date on their calendar. The invite does provide more detail. It has your ceremony start time, the actual venue name or address, and the wedding website. It also has info on how to RSVP, either directing guests to go online or provide a separate RSVP card that is pre-stamped so guests can just tick yes or no and stick it in the mail. You will instruct your guests on the card and or the website of when the deadline for the RSVP is. And I recommend that the date that you set for the deadline is one month, so four weeks to six weeks before your wedding. This will allow you to build out your seating chart and track down people who have inevitably forgotten to respond. The last note for me on this topic is online invitations. 
I have received an electronic save the date. I have even received an electronic invitation like an evite. I have also received a text that prompts me to put in my physical address so that the couple could build out their guest list and I thought that was very tech savvy. But I would say I'm not personally a fan of emailed invitations. I just think it's too easy to get lost in spam. If you're worried about the cost of mailed invitations, there are online sites like Etsy that create a PDF that you can just print at your local UPS store for much less than sites like Minted that make these really nice printed uh, invitations. You can even do your own mail merge using Excel at that same UPS store and print the recipient addresses straight onto the envelopes instead of paying more on sites like Minted or Artifact Uprising. On the other hand, there are still stationary stores out there if you want to go all out and have them design and hand calligraphy an invitation for your wedding. Online resources for custom handmade cards with calligraphy is available as well. And a lot of those website builders have premium features that you can pay for the upgrade to, and that will allow you to have more customized invitations down the road. I'm saying all this now because if you go through all the trouble to collect email addresses for a save the date and then decide to mail an invite, you're gonna have to reach out to all those people again and get their physical addresses. I'm also telling you this now so that you don't build your website on minted.com just because of the integration with the invitations from Minted and then decide it's either too expensive or not custom enough. So a larger chat about all these details could be nice with your wedding team. And by wedding team, I mean mom, maid of honor, people in your life that know about this that want to talk about it. Okay, with all that in mind, I know you've got a lot to think about and that's why my advice is to spend an hour or two messing around in a website builder and get a sense of which one you like. Maybe create a base model of the website, but don't stress about getting everything set on that wedding website because as we know, including that link in your save the date is very much optional, but do transfer over your guest list and make a save the date either within that website if that's what you want to do or using another alternative method, which is fine too and get that mailed. Mailing your save the date signifies your graduation into the next phase of wedding planning. Congratulations if that's you. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you next time.